Hello, welcome to the Comparative Agility Podcast. My name is Simon Hilton, and in this series we'll be talking with world leaders in agility to help understand how we can make continuous improvement a part of your company's DNA. In this episode, I talk with Jutta Eckstein, Claudia Mello, and Steve Hollier about the agile sustainability capability and how it can help your teams create a better world. Hello, and welcome to Comparative Agility. My name's Simon Hilton, and today I'm joined by the team behind the agile sustainability capability coming to Comparative Agility. Today I'm joined by Steve Hollier, Jutta Eckstein, and Claudia Mello. Hey, how are you? Hey, Simon, great to be here. Yeah, good to see you. Good to be here. Yeah. I think we've got people from across many continents on the call today, so that's really fantastic. But today we're going to be talking about the new Agile sustainability capability and how it came to be. So really, let's start at the beginning. How did you three come to meet and how did did Agile sustainability become a focus for you? That's a difficult question, and I guess I I go first because I believe I pulled everyone in kind of with my passion on the topic. I actually I tried first to work on that topic in 2011, but it didn't get much traction. And then in I'm not sure if it was 18 that then with Claudia first I discussed the topic, and so we we're thinking about what's the responsibility of Agile really in sustainability. And then Steve came in and also brought his experience on especially how you can use Agile skills to improve sustainability. And three of us kept working together and figured out how Agile can help to save the planet, maybe. Steve, it's a bold goal. <laughs> what about you, Steve? Yeah, I just recently told somebody, I'm from the US, you, which you might hear from my accent. I'm from the US, from the South, and I moved to Switzerland twenty more than 20 years ago. And for a long time, I told people that I had done my job for sustainability by moving from the US to Switzerland. I said, that was enough. I had done my job for sustainability. And I really meant, I pretty much actually meant that was a good excuse. And then several years ago, four or five years ago, I really made friends with some penguins. And if you know me, you've heard me tell my penguin stories. I won't tell them right now, but I made some friends with penguins and the the situation with the penguins, especially the African penguins right now is not good. They're very close to extinction if we don't do something right away. And suddenly making that connection, I said, moving from Texas to Switzerland, not enough. What? And then I, how can I use what I do, what I know, which is agility to save the penguins and not just the penguins, but everything else in this connected system. And then I'd known, I'd already knew you we had done lots of good work together in one way or another. And then somehow it just came together on the sustainability part as well. And then I met Claudia through through you to yeah awesome i think my journey was like steve's was he was mentioning how we can use what we know what we are good at to to increase our impact in my case my impact and our collective impact so i see a similar story here through my journey in agile and actually my my first steps into sustainability started when i had a burnout in 2015 
and this burnout, to recover from it, I needed to go through a whole regeneration process myself. And this uh, connected me, transformed me more deeply. And then my passion about the topic and how to make my own life more sustainable and maybe increasing even my impact and help maybe one, two, three other people. And then this passion got bigger and bigger. At some point, I started teaching about it in the university, like combining the SDGs and agility. And then I went to the UN. Sustainable development goals. Sustainable development goals. And then I went to the United Nations in Vienna, 2018. And then I was like neighbor of Utah almost. And we started collaborating. So that's the way I came. And I'm very happy that we found a way to express all this learning, like a first um, service, let's say, or something that people can use to start this conversation with us. That sounds fantastic. Simon, there's something that I've, I don't know, maybe this is the question that you're about to ask, but there's something that I've noticed when we've been talking about this theme with people is people are listening to this, us talk about sustainability and everybody has their own idea of what sustainability is. And they, and I find out I've been talking to somebody for 30 minutes about sustainability and we've been having two different conversations because they were, their idea of sustainability was not the same. So I suppose we probably ought to talk about what we mean by sustainability and maybe to say to, as a, an alert to the podcast listeners, okay, take what you're thinking about sustainability, maybe put it on the side and then integrate it back into what we say, but perhaps we're going to surprise you a little bit by when we define it, or maybe not. Although I'm not the best person to start with the definition. So I'm going to look to one of my other colleagues to start with the definition, I think. Yuta, why don't you start us off? Yeah, of course, that, that, that is a question. And there are several definitions about sustainability. And the way I look at it is, first of all, what's absolutely true is also the very first definition that came from the United Nations Puntland Commission. And it says that sustainable development is development that meets the needs of the present without compromising the ability of future generations to meet their own needs. So that means that we are not living at the cost of future generations. And this is the very general truth. I like that and I find it important. And I also think it's it's very coarse-grained. So it doesn't give a lot of advice. What, what should you really do? Except for, of course, it's helpful to always reflect on that question. Is this what I'm doing now at the cost of future generations or so? Then there's also the United Nations who came up with what Claudia mentioned before already, the Ds, the Sustainable Development Goals. There are 17 of those, and they are, on the other hand, very fine-grained. So they are looking at zero hunger and life below water and all kinds of things, which is also super great. Yet then I wonder, as a software developer, not sure how this definition helps me. So that's the other thing. And so what we are using also for the capability here is what's based on a three pillars model. And this is, it sounds already like that, three pillars. So there are those three and there are social, environment, 
and economic. These are those three pillars, and this is what we are using. And maybe we should dive into those different pillars and to get a better understanding. However, the most important thing, maybe putting this first, is that it really needs to be a holistic view on that and all three pillars are always coming together. And it's not, for example, looking at the environment only, also social and economic have their part. In our interconnected world, it's everything so tangled up with everything else that it's impossible to separate those parts. Although we often try to treat them separately. So I think, yeah, it, it's actually impossible to separate them. One, one thing I noticed, because before we dive right into the pillars, is that a lot of times when in the agile community, when we sustain, say sustainability, people jump right to this idea of sustainable pace, because we've been talking about that so much. And we're talking about more than sustainable pace. So this is a broader definition of sustainability. If you really think about sustainable pace, I think sustainable pace also has to include social aspects and and environmental aspects, and not just the number of hours we work or work-life balance, but a lot of people, when I say sustainability, really focus into that work-life balance. So we're inviting you to broaden that. I also had a long conversation with somebody, and I realized at the end of the conversation, they were talking about how an agile transformation can last for several years instead of having a transformation that goes really good for six months and then fails. And that's not quite, that's a different type of sustainability. That's not quite I think what we're talking about here. So maybe that's important just to say. No, I think it is because it is part of many agile frameworks that sustainability pace. So yeah, we are talking about that environmental aspect of it and how I think you, you said it really well, Yuta, with how we're not, I believe I'm going to give it a go. We're not hurting future generations, but let's dive into those three pillars, as you said, Steve. So we're the pillars that we're talking about are people, planet, and profit. So why don't you kick us off, Steve, with people and tell us more about people and how we're aiming for equity, health, and livability. Yeah, this idea of this idea of creating sustainability in terms of social principles and people is something that has become a hot topic in our working environment for the last several years. Here we're linking this with the other pillars. And we mentioned the 17 sustainable development goals from the UN. And when those goals were being developed, uh, the developers really had this idea that, that we're creating these 17 development, sustainable development goals. They really had this idea that their agenda needs to be universal and integrated and transformative and grounded in human rights and governance and justice and equity. So all of these sustainable development goals that we also tied to um, to environmental principles and economic principles really were developed along with considering what happens when we see everybody taking part as one society or not as one society, but all society, society being interrelated. And that's opposed to how people looked at development goals just 20 years ago, which was how the rich nations could help the the developing nations develop. So it was often looking to the global South and helping them develop. And actually the, what's the shift here is to say, we're all in this together. And also to, to jump in here, if that's fine, 
if you think of this from a software perspective, because we know that on the comparative fertility platform, most of the people are probably more coming from software background, then what we're also talking here on that pillar about is accessibility, diversity, equity, and inclusion, and all of that. So that not only while we are creating the products, but also the products we do create are living up to these to these expectations that they are accessible for everyone and that they are inclusive and so on. And if you look at software, it may be sound, this is a given, but it's actually not. They're, they're too often that... We, because we have a specific persona in mind and we just focus on that, then we forget that there are people completely different than we are. And so then the system is not usable for that. I think we, we often tend, this is... Yes, I think um, it's important that we start with that people because that's where it all begins, right? That's where we get the focus and the energy and the and determination to move into the others. You'd... A mistake, something that often happens in software teams is that we develop for people like us, however we define people like us, or as you building on what you says, we develop for the people that are the persona on our board, which might not be exactly like us, but it's interpreted probably in, through one single lens. And we're not thinking about the rest of the people who aren't like us for justice in other parts of the world things like that. So when we're talking about creating something that's also available for the future, if the software we're creating is in increasing inequity in the world. What about the environment? Yuta, why don't you tell us about that pillar? Yeah, sure. That The environmental pillar is probably the one that typically people have in mind if they're not right away thinking about sustainable pace, but think about sustainability more in a general way than the environment and the planet is the thing that comes into mind. Now, looking at this also from a development and the software development aspect, then there are a few things that are coming to mind. On the one hand, often we feel like software comes to the rescue because with software, we make things less physical and then it feels like we are protecting the planet this way because, for example, people didn't need to travel or anything like that. However, really a huge part of the, yeah, the not so environmental friendly way that we are creating also is the electronic waste and that e-waste actually there's a report coming out every five years also by the united nations that just says in the last five years there was a plus of 21 percent and the e-waste that was generated in 2019 it was it's an equivalent of 5400 Eiffel Towers. And actually, the interesting thing, there is this wee man that has been created, which is almost like an Eiffel Tower in the UK, that reflects the e-waste generated by one person in the lifetime, and it's huge. It's really amazing. And now you would maybe think, okay, what does this have to do with software? Most of the time, we create electronic waste because the hardware isn't supported by the software anymore. And this is true for kind of 
any smartphone, it's true, but also for laptops, PCs, but also for servers and so on. And that's really something we have to take care of, that we ensure that with the new stories and whatever we are delivering, that they are also still running on old hardware and that this is still supported and it's not the software enforcing that electronic waste. And then, of course, you could also think of looking at the carbon footprint of the system you are creating. So though it, it is really a wide field here. It's a broad range. And it just means we have to pay attention to that. And it's not that because it's soft, it doesn't have a footprint. Gary McGovern once said, digital is also physical in the sense of environmental waste that we are creating. That's really interesting. The thing that comes to mind when you speak about that, especially the software supporting the hardware, has it ever come up yet how the open source world interacts with that paradigm as things come out of support of a a company, being able to move that software into the public domain and be maintained so that that hardware can continue to be used? Is that something people are thinking about? Actually, I don't really know if they are really better in in serving some of the hardware. I know at least from the phone that I'm using. So my phone is, I'm a role model here, sorry to say. So it's a fair phone and it's more than six years old. So who has such an old phone? And the company, which is Fairphone, who tries to do really stuff in a great way and protecting the planet and all of that. But still, they had decided to not support this anymore, I think, when it was five years. And then it was the community who created an update of Android. And so I can still use it because the community did that. And so there is there's a yes to that. But also, I know the Fairphone community is also way more aware than other communities that I know of in the open source section. That's really interesting. But if it became a public expectation that your software became open source after a certain amount of time, so communities like that can keep on maintaining it, that would be quite an interesting space. Mm. Okay. And the final pillar that we have here is economic. Cloudy, why don't you tell us a bit more about that? All right. This is the one that people usually know more and at the same time, don't know how to connect this with sustainability. We usually sense kind of polarity. Should we be profitable or not? Or how this relates to sustainability? So I think the economic pillar means that any business or any organization to be sustainable must be profitable in the sense like I have money or kind of money, I'm not going to go there, but to that that make people's life viable in terms of the bills that they need to pay, in terms of the food that they need to buy. So they have needs in terms of consumption. They have needs of development. So this is thinking about individual needs. So the employees, for example, and the whole society. So for the business to be sustainable, it needs some profit in the short term and in the long term. And usually when we think about the economic pillar, we are thinking about efficiency, how we can get this energy, the money, the people energy, and all the energy, because usually we say that money is energy, how we can get all this energy and make its use 
efficient. So this is also some, something related to the economic pillar. So for organizations, this means a good governance, a good risk management, designing teams in a way that you're not wasting any resource. So this is all these topics relate to the economic pillar. And when we think about also in the context of sustainability, usually people think about the fair labor, fair trade. All these topics are in this polarity and tensions and discussions of the economic pillar. There is also a tension that I'm not going to go into detail. That is the whole capitalism and the capital, the cap, the capital system that we have today. And we have different ideas, different mindsets to trying to discuss and to find new ways to to work as a society. But it's a super complex topic. So I think in our context here, to simplify a little bit and to start to have a discussion about the economic pillar, I think we need to think if our companies are generating economic benefit, not only for the company, but for all its stakeholders. So we are not making money at the cost of another group of people. So how we can build services and products that create economic benefit for all involved, no matter if it's employer, employees, the employer, the investors, the users, and all people involved in the ecosystem of this company. And one other thing that is very interesting to think about the economic pillar is that if we want to generate something that is fair in terms of economic benefit, we need to be able to build solutions and services seeing each other's point of view. We need to be able to think about the whole stream of value that is being generated and all the people involved in this value stream and being able to get together see each other's point of view and build solutions that include everyone's perspective. So in this sense, it's very important to collaborate and share learning. So this is again connecting with the other pillars, for example, the social pillar and connecting with agility because we are, it's at the very core of agility to continuously learn and collaborate. So I think this is, a, this is an introduction for the, this pillar, the economic pillar. <laughs> Yes, it does seem like the one of the hardest to get right, but certainly one where everyone needs to benefit. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but at the beginning, we also talked about how these three need to work together. And it seems to be pretty clear to me that people need to live on a planet. They work together with exchanges of value. Does it get any more complex than that? The one thing is also similarly to the Puntland definition, it could also happen if you are not looking at this holistically that you are focusing on one pillar at the cost of the others. And that's also a reason why you always need to have that holistic view and why sustainability is actually, or the definition that we are using, is really defined by, if you will, the overlapping of those three pillars. And it's not looking at those individually. Of course, it helps to better understand what can we do next or so. But if you think of increasing sustainability, you always have to think about them all together. Absolutely. Okay, well, thank you for your time today. It's been really great to learn a bit more about how we can make a better place using the work that we do every day in sustainability and agile.
for anyone looking for the sustainability, agile sustainability capability, you should be able to find it on comparativeagility.com. And where can people find more about your work? I would think we are all definitely being accessible via LinkedIn. That's where people can find us. And I can probably also say you can all find us on Twitter as well. And what else do we need to say? Might need to have a conversation about Twitter and sustainability pretty soon, during all the news I'm reading about Twitter. But yeah, right now you can find us all on Twitter and probably, yeah, probably for a while. And yeah, LinkedIn, LinkedIn is right now the best place to find me. So yeah. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Thank you for your time today and we'll see you again. Take care. Thank you. Thank you, Simon. Thank you.